Bitcoin surged past $10,000 on Monday, only to come crashing back down to $9,400 on Tuesday. It's what some refer to as the Bart Simpson chart. We just refer to it as another day in crypto. And on today's show, we welcome back Bitcoin OG Brock Pierce. We had the opportunity to chat with Brock at Virtual Blockchain Week and posed some interesting questions about the future of blockchain, cryptocurrency, and decentralization. Sharif may not like it, but we're about to Brock the Casbah on episode number 414 of the Bad Crypto Podcast. What are you grinning at? I have to know what the hell you're doing. <laughs> so we talked to him during a virtual blockchain week. Virtual blockchain week. Yeah. That's that is not an Asian reference though, right? No, it's virtual blockchain. Cuz Brock Pierce. Brock Pierce, yes. Not not sure, Brock. That's who we got today. This is good stuff. Anytime you chat with Mr. Brock Pierce, it's like he really needs to have his own project called Blockchain. I don't yeah. know why he hasn't. I, I don't know. And it could be one. the bro token. The bro token? Yeah. Just call oh, it man, the bro. Four bros. Uh. Just call it the broken. <laughs> you call that too. Welcome Ken back, here, folks. We're starting off badly. Ken Ken Brosack can do that because he always tweets out, have a have a what is it? Have a bro bro day or something. Have a day, bro bro. Have a day, bro bros. <laughs> yeah, he needs his own bro token. Yeah. Ken Brosack. There we are. <laughs> All Welcome right. Episode 400 something. Yeah, we're off to the races right here. Bitcoin and beyond. And speaking of Bitcoin, you can trade it on eToro and you can get $50 worth of free Bitcoin from your bro bros here at the bad broadcast, bad crypto broadcast, whatever it is. Go to badco.in forward slash eToro. Follow the simple instructions if you are in these United States of America, as long as they are still united and states, then you can claim $50 in BTC from us. Actually, not for much longer, not because <laughs> there's not a United States, but because we're going to terminate the offer soon. So I didn't mean the, that wasn't like a lie. It was just me being stupid and not realizing hang on this isn't going to go on forever but go take advantage of it just the same badco.in forward slash etoro while it still lastifies get in on it this is true do it and now let's talk about the blockchain this guy's a really interesting background like he started with the internet gaming entertainment way back in the day he was on some tv shows and some movies back before that but he was really in digital gaming and in-game in-app currencies before crypto was even around so this guy's been thinking about digital currency for a very long time he's helped fund so many of the great projects that we know he's a, an amazing thought leader in this space and we are so Honored and grateful to have with us today the one and only Mr. Brock Pierce. Yeah, all right. Brock, come on down all the way from Crypto Rico, no doubt. Um, we're going to find out what the situation is there in Puerto Rico. Got to visit earlier this year and saw some of what um, is being built there and really, really eager to hear about the work that he's doing. I can see he's joining now. So stand, stand by for Brock Pierce. By the way, 
Um, the reason I was testing my phone Zoom is in eight minutes, the howling begins here in Denver. And I'm going to go walk out on my patio so we can all experience that. Hey, Brock, how you doing? I'm good. I'm grateful. How are you? Uh, good and grateful also. Now, I know sometimes you get rainbows in Puerto Rico, but that is not really happening right now. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, that is not live in the background. That is uh, uh, green screen virtual background. Yes, as, Very good. as is ours. I, so I, before we start on this, good sir, I got a question for you. So when we've seen you in the past, you've had a black hat on, and now you're going to this new white hat. Are you, have you gone to the other side? <laughs> oh, I've got, I've got a bunch of hats. I've got white, blue, black, pink. Uh, you know, there's a number of them. I just happen to have been wearing this one mostly because um, I have a few different houses. And because of the quarantine status of things, my hats are spread out. And I only have two hats in this house right now. <laughs> now, I was actually planning on moving to Puerto Rico um, mid-May. And the airline has canceled my flights and I, I'm putting it on hold um, over there on the, the east side of the island at Palmas del Mar. Where are you now? I'm in San Juan. I'm right in the, the heart of San Juan in the city of Condado. Um, but uh, I, I spend most of my time around San Juan, but I also uh, spend time in the east. I mean, I love the whole island. I mean, in the west coast, you have Rincon, which is very sort of like uh, surfer village, certainly the place if you want to surf every day, you know, Rincon is the probably the best place to be, but not the only place to be. I mean, Puerto Rico has like the best surfing and kite surfing on the entire East Coast. So, you know, if extreme sports is a passion of yours, you know, Puerto Rico is definitely one of those places you should, you should consider. I, I thought you'd be Tanner. I was expecting a Tanner complexion from you. Well, I mean, it's it, part of it's been this quarantine. I haven't left the house in six weeks. So, I had a nice color uh, and that's pretty much faded because I, I, I've been getting so little sun. What, is the, what are the temperatures down there like this time of year? Because they say that the coronavirus at a certain temperature, it kills it. And going outside is a good thing because being cooped up inside, people get, that's what they determined in the, in the Spanish flu era was, oh, wow, people who are stuck inside get sick more, go outside more and experience fresh air. And now they're telling everybody to stay inside and don't get fresh air and people get sick. But like sunlight seems to kill it. So like, isn't it warm enough there to kill it? Yeah, well, so vitamin D and sunlight, definitely a good thing. Though Puerto Rico was the first state or territory in the U.S. to impose a mandatory quarantine. So we literally, we have a curfew every night. At 7 p.m., at 6.30, our phones alarm us and tell us that we need to be inside by 7 p.m. or we'll get arrested and face six months in prison. Wow. And so we've, been, we've had mandatory quarantine for six weeks now, and you're only allowed out uh, uh, two days a week based upon your license plate number in the car. Everything's closed, only you know, to buy food, go to the pharmacy or the doctor. On Sunday, everything's closed. Does I guess you're allowed out three, three days a week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, or Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, depending upon your license plate number. And so, so has it been effective? Is it? Uh, yeah. Is so it we only have about uh, 14, a little over 1400 cases of COVID under a hundred deaths. Again, there's a problem with all of the data, you know, pretty much everything I would argue is substantially underreported because there just hasn't been a sufficient number of tests. We know the number of, you know, we have, it's coming up on 3 million global cases and that number could be maybe even 10 times higher. You know, it might be 25 or 30 million for all we know. You know, really there's, there's a bunch of speculation out there that this has been spreading since November, December, and that uh, there might've been a lot more cases of people that had COVID and have recovered than that were not tested. We know that there's, um, uh, there hasn't been a sufficient amount of testing. So whatever the numbers are, it's higher than whatever's been reported. Travis we, was we know, really ill. But well, we know Travis the numbers in China are, are very accurate. We know that China's reporting is, is, is perfectly, you know, yeah. uh, uh, definitely. Sure. I, if anything, it's, over, that, if anything, it's overreported. Yeah. <laughs> Travis, you were really ill earlier this year after uh, the North American Bitcoin conference in Miami, right? Well, I'm, you know what, according to the Beastie Boys, I've been ill since the 80s. <laughs> So I'm just you, no, but that. I remember you telling me you were extremely fluid. You said it was like the worst flu you ever had. 
Uh, you know what? It was so crazy because my son got it. For, my son got it. I think I, because you know, we went to Miami and there's a lot of people who had mentioned that they had gotten, other people had gotten sick, but I didn't even think about it. We, we hadn't even really heard of, of coronavirus at that time. And, uh, you know, my son was down and then I was like, come on, dude, you ain't down for a week. Are you serious? Get up, get your ass to school. What are you doing? You ain't sick. Well, I, 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 I literally, have you ever heard of somebody having the flu for a week? Like, and, uh, and so he's like, man, dad, I just don't feel good. I was like, man, are you serious? Like we went to the doctor and they're like, he's got the flu. I was like, what? and then I had it and oh my God, I was down for, I remember I, Joel was like, Hey, we got to do a podcast here. I'm like, dude, man, okay. But I, well, okay, I don't talk like this dude. I mean, come on. <laughs> Sometimes you do. Well, I have, a, I have a lot of friends that believe they had it though. I have tests here in Puerto Rico. And so I've been tested as well as a number of friends of mine we've tested ourselves. That, and these are friends that believe that they had coronavirus back in January or February because they got sick with something that was flu-like symptoms. They felt wrecked for a week. But you know, the, one of the things that we're seeing is that the, the, the tests, also there's serious questions about the efficacy of the testing mm -hmm. and the test kits. Um, also, we're seeing a lot of people, and you can see like data coming out of South Korea, where people that had, that had tested positively had recovered and in theory would have, you know, immunity as a result of that are then getting sick again. They're seeing like five or 10% of the people that recover coming back with COVID a second time. There's also theories or rumors right now that there's 30 different strains of coronavirus. Mm -hmm. And so not only is that it's mutating, but in theory, there's many, many versions of it. So there's questions as to whether or not you can even develop immunity that lasts long enough to protect you which goes into the question around vaccines like so if this thing is mutating so fast and quickly and there's 30 different times around uh, 30 different strains quote unquote then no vaccine is going to cover that so why would they what one of the things i always ask is like well why won't they tell us like hey do these things that boost your immunity do this that makes you know hey you know do some precautions here don't instead of making everything mandatory in the world, in the land of where we have freedom, right? In America, we have all these freedoms, which are now sort of permissions. And if you go outside, you're going to get arrested and go to jail for six months. Like this is crazy. Yeah, no, I'd say you definitely wish that you, we were given better. I mean, the social distancing advice was, uh, uh, sounds like very good advice at the time, but where's the rest of that good advice, which is, get sunlight, get vitamin D, make sure you get plenty of sleep, try to exercise. You know, what are the things that you can do to build up your immune system? Mm -hmm. um, you know, far too often we are not being taught preventative medicine, you know, mm -hmm. and best practices to just live a healthy life. Instead, we live in a, a world where it's all about, you know, let's not tell you how not to get sick. And when you do get sick, let's just, you know, the first reaction is chemical warfare and go right into pharmaceutical sort of Western medicine practices. Joel going on over there. Listen up. So this is Denver, 8 o'clock every night. Is, it, is everyone singing from their balconies? They're, they're howling for the, uh, the, those on the front lines that are working. I definitely, I've got so much respect, so much gratitude to, you know, those nurses and doctors and everybody working in the healthcare system, the firemen, et cetera, these first responders putting themselves in the, in, 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 you know, in the line of fire and uh, uh, so much gratitude for those people. And many of them have gotten sick. You know, a number of them have died. Uh, uh, you'll see, uh, I, I, my understanding is that you guys are giving a percentage of your revenues to the Crypto Against COVID campaign. Is that correct? Absolutely. 50% of all the VIP tickets are going to Binance Charities Crypto Against COVID. Yeah, a big shout out to you for that, uh, to Binance Charity, uh, to Helen and Jared Wynn and everybody over there. They're doing great work. And it makes me so happy to see members of our community and our tribe, you know, stepping up and contributing and doing something. And, and I think it's important because so, so much of the world, you know, we're a very misunderstood community because our industry has been largely sensationalized. And if you, you know, if you base it upon the press, you'd think that we're all criminals or drug dealers, or we only care about, you know, pumping dumps and buying Lambos. And the reality is once you've, you've actually looked at this space 
and understood it deeply, you realize this is a really smart, conscious community focused on impact and making real positive change in the world. And I love examples of when the community is demonstrating that, you know, we are, you know, we do matter and that we are, you know, taking our respective roles in the world of, you know, influence and making a positive impact. Uh, uh, I'm working very closely with Binance Charity, some exciting things that you'll see coming out. Um, uh, I spend a good portion of every day, you know, working on uh, uh, supporting these first responders. I think you'll see some really amazing announcements of work that we're doing here in Puerto Rico soon. Um, you can also check out one of the other things that we're, we're working on, which is you can go to feedpuertorico.org. This is our um, our food relief sort of program. You know, one of the things that, you know, people have often overlooked is that you've got, you know, it, here in Puerto Rico, people haven't been able to work for five or six weeks. If you live paycheck to paycheck or you don't have any savings, I mean, this is really, really difficult times. People are starving. I mean, you're without food. And so this is a campaign we just launched raising $100,000 to buy food from farmers to deliver in partnership with the Puerto Rico Food Bank that we deliver directly to people in need. This is done through the Puerto Rico Food Bank. They're matching dollar for dollar. So for every dollar you give, uh, 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 the Puerto Rico Food Bank is matching that with an additional dollar. And so I'm all about, you know, I'm a conscious capitalist. So I believe in, you know, this concept of return on investment. And in the cases of, you know, uh, philanthropic work, return on impact. And one great example is anytime you can find a way to get matching funds, every time you give a dollar, two dollars of impact, you know, it bothers me. And I don't want to say that philanthropy or charity is broken, but I believe that there's tremendous room for improvement. And I think one of the main areas, and again, what Binance is doing and what we can do in crypto is transparency, 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 and get rid of the leakage. And transparency helps with that as well. You know, how do we improve efficiency? And anytime that you give a dollar and two dollars is going to the cause, I consider that to be, you know, that's that's a return on it. That's a return on impact. You know, the government does it differently. I give the government a dollar, they gave me back fifty cents. If you're just, lucky, yeah, fifty you're, cents of impact is the most efficient government programs. Let's, and again, I, I'm not, I don't want. I don't want to just, you know, again, I don't want to rant on government. Uh, it just again, it's one of those areas where I don't want to say it's broken, but there's tremendous room for improvement. Let's uh, let's talk about what's going on there in Puerto Rico. There's a reputation; a lot of people call it Crypto Rico because <laughs> there is a real stout crypto community being headed by you know people like yourself and Michael Turpin. What what started that there, and what's it look like now? Well, so I, I started visiting Puerto Rico as a teenager, and then um, in 2013 and 14, I had a real concern for the industry. And that was, if you were around back in those days, Silicon Valley Bank was the only U.S. bank that would bank crypto companies, and they were very selective in terms of who they banked. They banked Coinbase, Zappo, and Circle. That was it. And so if you were an entrepreneur and you were building an early crypto exchange or anything that needed, call it fiat rails, where you needed payment systems and banking, there was no way to get a bank account. And so what a lot of these companies did is they opened up bank accounts with full, without fully disclosing the nature of their business. Now, these entrepreneurs didn't know that, but they were actually committing felonies. It's against the law not to fully inform the bank of everything you're doing and why and the full nature of your business. They didn't realize they were breaking a law, so, but ignorance of the law is no excuse. And so I looked at this and I said, wow, this is a real systemic risk to our industry. We don't want a world where only three companies are allowed to operate. You know, we're, try we're trying to democratize finance. We're trying to democratize money. We're trying to bring efficiency and transparency, you know, in math we trust sort of stuff to the world. Clearly, uh, this is a systemic risk to everything we stand for. And this is an area where if the government wanted to shut us down, it's one of the ways that they you know, most likely could have, which is to round up every entrepreneur and arrest them for breaking a law they didn't even realize they were breaking. And so I was like, okay, I got to solve this. I'd never owned a bank. Um, you know, I was not, 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 not my background, but I'm, you know, one of those kind of like naive, naive, enthusiastic, op, you know, you know, eternal optimist types where I'm like, oh, I can figure that out. And so I started looking at buying state chartered banks, federally chartered banks, I started trying to figure out, you know, what I could do to impact change in this area. And what I realized, and, you know, figuring out how credit unions and co-ops work, 
what I realized is it was gonna cost about $25 million and probably take two or three years. At the time, only Coinbase had ever raised a $25 million financing of any company in the mm. space. And so either I was gonna to have to come up with $25 million or, uh, cause there's no way I'd be able to raise it. And so I'm like, okay, this doesn't make sense. I'm like, well, there, there must be a back door. There must be a way to like, you know, hack into this system. There must be a cheaper way to do this. And so um, I, I then came to the realization, what about Guam, Samoa, the US Virgin Islands, Puerto Rico? I said, these US territories might be a back door to, to basically setting up a lower cost banking operation. And so I reached out to a guy here in Puerto Rico named Rob Rill, who's the head of the Act 20 and 22 Society, which is the, the tax rules here. Uh, uh, that make living here so beneficial. And I, I heard his whole pitch on, he's like, Brock, you need to move to Puerto Rico. And I said, I, I think that's wonderful, but the opportunity cost is too great for me. I have too much work to do in the world. I wanted to talk to you about banking. Is there any way to set up a bank or buy a bank in Puerto Rico that could bank these cryptocurrency companies? He's like, yeah, as a matter of fact, there is. The same rules that allow for the no capital gains tax or the very low income tax, in those same rules, they created this other thing called Act 273. I go, what's that? He goes, it, you can create what's called an IFE or an international financial entity. It's like a bank with all the rights of a bank, but it's not a bank. I'm like, that sounds awesome. I go, has anyone done that before? He goes, no, no one's done it yet. I'm like, mm. all right, I'm on a plane. And so we came down here and we started the first crypto bank in the world in 2014 called Noble Bank, um, which a lot of people paid attention to and I get criticized for it, you know, having been one of the founders of Tether and having been partners with Bitfinex, Noble Bank, those early companies, because that was the only bank in the world that could bank them. And clearly the conspiracy theories have a, you know, they have a bunch of ideas about that, but it was actually a pretty major accomplishment. Uh, I stepped out of the operations of that business very early on. I, I don't think of myself, I'm a creator. I start things and I move on as quickly as possible. Um, like I don't enjoy running businesses. I don't enjoy managing, you know, staff. I don't like managing large companies. When it gets to 10 people or 20 people, it's already getting too big for my liking. I like the process of like being in the kitchen, coming up with the, you know, the recipe and like, you know, starting to make the soup. I like to be gone from the kitchen before it's even being served, you know, and I rarely even get to eat from my own, you know, my own meals. And so I just enjoy the process of creation. And so that's what made me really familiar with call it all of the benefits of Puerto Rico. And so then in 2016 and 17, I started telling everyone, oh yeah, when crypto goes to the moon, when Bitcoin moons, we're all going to move to Puerto Rico and we're going to figure out how to like do something positive and like make a great impact. And so I was pitching people on this idea. Michael Turpin was patient zero or the first person to publicly move to Puerto Rico as a part of that trend. I didn't come down until Hurricane Maria happened because I had been telling everyone about Puerto Rico. And when Maria hit, uh, you know, people are like, oh, what are you going to do? I'm like, well, this isn't the convenient time. I kind of really don't need to, this is the wrong, the worst possible time for me to, moving to be moving to Puerto Rico. But the reason for doing this is to make a positive impact. And I can't think of a better time to do that. So, so much for convenience. I guess I'm packing my bags and moving. And so I came down here right after Hurricane Maria before the power was like on consistently, you know, internet always going down. And we got involved in, you know, a lot of philanthropic work, you know, putting roofs on houses, feeding people, all the little things. You know, I didn't really have a background in charity or philanthropy. So there was a steep learning curve, you know, and I came down here bright eyed and bushy tailed and, you know, uh, you know, I've definitely learned a lot of lessons falling on my face, but they're, you know, fast forward to where we are now. Tons of people have moved down here. There is a real crypto community. It is one of the great crypto hubs in the world. And if you have an Act 20 company, you pay a 4% income tax on all exported services. So if you do work from here and you're servicing businesses out sort of Puerto Rico, as an American, you can't beat that. And we have 0% capital gains tax. I mean, we don't pay federal income tax here. We don't pay federal capital gains tax here if you filed for these Act 22 or an Act 20 degrees, which we now call Act 60. I mean, if you own, I mean, if you own crypto and you trade crypto and you're an American citizen, remember America taxes you on your worldwide income. Uh, it's a, just, just accounting for your taxes. I mean, if you're a crypto trader, I mean, it's kind of a no brainer. You should be living in Puerto Rico and it's paradise on top of that. You know, Puerto Rico, you might not know it if you haven't visited, it's as amazing as Hawaii. You know, it's one of the most beautiful places in the world. So you live in paradise, 
uh, you've got really great tax incentives and you have the possibility if you choose, and I highly encourage everyone to do this, to do something positive that helps other people. You know, give some money to like feedpuertorico.org if you haven't been doing anything to help people out. Uh, give some money to Binance Charity if you haven't been like helping people out, if you're blessed with abundance. Clearly, that's for those of us that have been lucky and many of us that have been in the crypto space and have owned Bitcoin or something else or Ether early on, a lot of us have made a lot of money you know, relative to where we might have been in our lives otherwise. And if you haven't, you know, given anything to like help other people, I, I know some people don't believe in that stuff, but you know, I, I encourage, you know, you know, give a little, I truly believe the more you give, the more you get, you know, I'm truly a believer in the concept, you know, what you give comes back tenfold and more than, and you know why that is, you may, it may not be like a spiritual thing. It just is that other good people see when you do good things and they're willing to give you a break. You know, I know for me, if I see people that are out there doing good things in the world, you know, because I'm being pitched, you know, by people all the time. People want to work with me. People want my help. People want my money. You know, I, I don't have time to deal with everybody and I have to prioritize. And when I see people that are out there trying to make the world a better place, I prioritize for them. And that might be one of the many reasons why the more you give, the more you get is because other good people see the work that you're doing in the world or they see the actions that you're making and they want to help you. Because I know if you're doing good work in the world and if I help you have more and I help you become more successful, you're probably going to do more good work in the world. And so I prioritize you over, you know, those people that are just rent seeking. Mm, that's beautiful. Let me ask this though, because I think now, because Joel was so like, dude, I'm going to Puerto Rico and and like, whoa, it is really draconian lockdown time here in Puerto Rico. And so do you think that, that the, the way that Puerto Rico, because I don't know that people had even known how locked down Puerto Rico is, is that going to ding Puerto Rico's image maybe that from people who might want to come down there knowing that look at how they, they could lock things down? Well, I mean, I think it's really going to come down to uh, the benefit of hindsight. I mean, as of right now, I think the government's decision to impose a mandatory quarantine early on might be in all of our best interests. I know it create, causes concerns for me about freedom. I mean, but, six uh, months in prison because I was out. I don't. By the way, I don't think anyone. I don't think anyone's actually going to do six months. I mean. I, it's either up to a $5,000 fine or up to six months in jail. In okay. the end, we'll see, you know, what the government ultimately does. That's a little I, terrifying, dude. It's like, still, yeah, still very scary as, it's still very scary as someone that cares about freedom. And, uh, but, you know, in the end, if, if, if they prevented everyone getting the virus and saved a ton of lives, uh, I think that we'll be forgiving of it. But in the end, if it ends up not having done much, uh, uh, it, it's something we should be very upset about. I mean, I don't, I, I, I don't envy. I mean, I definitely feel for anyone in a position of power right now having to make really difficult decisions because there's no right answer, right? Do you just let everyone catch it and keep business operating as usual and, you know, let millions, tens of millions or hundreds of millions of people die? Mm, that's a very difficult decision. Or do you like quarantine everyone, shut the economy down and create an economic recession or depression. There's no good answer. And people will but die. Whatever you do, it's bad. Yeah. <laughs> people will die. They always die. And yeah. it's like it's like they've never made a big deal about, oh, America had 120,000 people die of the flu this year. Like you've never heard those numbers. But now it's like 50,000 people have died of this. It's the most horrible thing ever. Like, well, wasn't like a couple of years ago when we had like more than double that worse? Like, you know, mm. it's just so weird. It's such a strange time to be here. And, on this yeah, no, and, and, I, and I, I wish I had a good answer. You know, the, the one side of me is like, hey, you know, uh, what the Japanese or Sweden is doing makes a lot of sense, which is those people that are modest at risk should quarantine themselves. Mm -hmm. And those of us that don't feel we're at risk or are making choice that we don't want to protect ourselves, you know, should have the right to do that and go to work. Um, and... Uh, you know, I, there's not a right answer. I guess we're not really going to know until we have the benefit of hindsights. But I'm always, you know, I err on the side of freedom. And so anytime government is making, you know, actions that in, encroach on our freedom and force business to shut down and things of that nature, it just all my alarm bells go off. And I become very afraid for humanity and our future. But in the end, if it saves 100 million lives, which we still don't know what the impact is, you know, 
it, it, again, I don't envy anybody in a position of power having to make these difficult decisions right now. It's, well, it, your, options are, your options are bad and bad. We don't have to. So that, there's that. Let's, uh, let's shift to crypto then. I'd kind of like to offer you a really uh, broad question and have you just run with it. Give us Brock Pierce's State of the Union on Bitcoin and cryptocurrency. All right. Well, at a high level, I'm going to, I'm going to go into the present, right? So Bitcoin and its price relative to COVID, right? You've got the world, um, you know, we're definitely going through one of those major economic events that I think that most of us in crypto at least have been waiting for. We know that the, uh, uh, the system as it's currently run is not sustainable and that, you know, this sort of recession, this sort of depression, this sort of economic crisis, you know, is one of those things that could, could have really positively impacted things like Bitcoin and crypto. And what did we see? We saw the prices drop almost in perfect correlation with the stock market, which, uh, you know, is a bad thing, right? We don't want crypto to be correlated with the financial market. And if the financial markets are falling, we would hope that if there is a correlation that it's going up similar to gold and uh, it dropped the stock markets have recovered more than crypto has, but that's largely because the stock markets are imaginary at this point. I mean, central banks and the Fed are printing money to a degree that the price in the markets, it's literally imaginary. You, it, it, the, 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 the confidence in the markets being real and rational is like completely gone. I mean, this is just cheap printed money that is artificially inflating and propping up the markets, which, you know, in the short term grade is uh, uh, protecting you know, I guess, holders of stocks and protecting the economy in the short term. But when you artificially uh, pump the market, when the markets eventually do correct, it's, gonna, it's, it's likely going to become much more painful when it does happen. Um, you know, uh, I mean, we're not far off from 10% off of all-time highs, you know, and we're experiencing, you know, economic collapse or impact on par with, you know, 1929 to 1933. I mean, we're looking at something Great Depression style sort of bad. And the markets are basically still near all-time highs. So I think that's a bad thing for, for Bitcoin in the short term. Uh, what that means is that hedge funds and holders of traditional stocks and bonds really are the, the primary drivers of the price of Bitcoin, meaning when they're selling off here, they were clearly selling off there. Um, and so... Uh, I don't think that that means our future is necessarily connected to that, but what it means is that we're not as far along as I hoped we were. You know, we're still in that sort of minimally viable product phase. We're still in that early phase. And I, I think that that's probably accurate when looking at products. Uh, I mean, most crypto wallets and exchanges and just using crypto is still not very user-friendly. It's not the sort of thing that, you know, your friends that are not really you know, the friends that need help, you know, with setting up email and it's still a large percentage, the majority of the population, right? Uh, they're not quite ready. Um, and just it, it, the level of like understanding, it's, it's still not in the, you know, call it the, the general, uh, the general public is not like, doesn't understand why they need something like Bitcoin. Most people still have blind faith, you know, in the system as it exists today. Now, what's happening right now could end up impacting that. You know, this is, you know, the, the, this set of events, this crisis very well could be the thing that, um, you know, erodes trust. Uh, I think more you know, people locally. are waking up, right? Yes. Because you were, I mean, it seems to me that like people go, oh, this digital currency makes sense for one, paper money's dirty and gross. And now they're just printing as many as they want. I think this right here is the ultimate red pill for so many people. Yeah, no, I think that this, I think that this crisis and the silver lining in this is I do believe it is a core event in the Great Awakening. I believe that this virus is increasing the consciousness of humanity, you know, on many levels. You know, I mean, this is an opportunity when you're at home right now to, to, to get your house in order. And I don't mean that just like literally, I mean that figuratively. It's an opportunity to sit down and reflect on your life. It's an opportunity to restart, reset you know, to start doing all those things that you've been putting off, you know, read that book, learn that language, develop that skill, develop that meditation practice. When we come out of this, we don't want to return to normal. We want to go, we want to go, we want to come out of this better off. 
We want to build a better world, something that's hopefully more resilient, more sustainable, more regenerative. And so I think that this is going to be a very good thing for humanity when it's all said and done. Definitely a red pill moment that uh, and, and look at what the government is doing in, in many respects. I mean, I, I think that they've learned something from crypto. You know, these SBA loans and, you know, these, you know, these you know, $1,200 deposits, the U.S. government is doing an airdrop. This is the largest airdrop in history. Mm. It's happening right now. And, you know, who really kind of invented these concepts? What industry has brought these things to market? I mean, I, I, I'd say that's largely been us. I'm going to drop some uh, Trump bucks on you. We're going to do an airdrop. It's going to be huge. Everyone's going to get 1,200 of them. <laughs> I mean, essentially, that's what's just happened. I think it's great. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm not a fan of, of government handouts, but I, I mean, at this time, but I'm, I'm becoming a believer in universal basic income. I prefer to think of it as universal basic sustenance because I know that robots are taking our jobs. I know that technology is going to be, you know, affecting everyone. And, but I'm a ca conscious capitalist. I believe in economic economic incentives, right? You have to, the people have to be incentivized to do things or they'll eventually just say, you know, give me money. And so, but the world is changing rapidly. And so, uh, uh, you know, I definitely believe if we're giving money to the people, that's probably a good thing, certainly in, in, in really challenging times like this. I'm not a fan of, you know, bailing out companies, you know, as an investor in companies, as a shareholder in companies. I'm a big boy and understand the risks and I, you know, know I can lose all of my money. I am not looking for social, you know, I, I don't, I'm not looking for socialized losses on my business. Oh, who's a big uh, boy? I, who's a big boy? You are. Yes, you are. Yeah. But if I lose all my money, so be it. That's, right. that's it's, how it's that's, supposed to work. That's why it's, uh, you know, in America, we're guaranteed the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness doesn't mean you're guaranteed happiness means you're going to make choices and decisions and maybe it works out maybe it doesn't there's but there's no guarantee and and, and so i yeah and, and i it's it's just it's we live in crazy times um and i do think that when this is all said and done i think that humanity is going to be more conscious and more aware as a result of it and that could lead to great things for crypto because i'm trying to keep this at the seventy thousand foot level you know yeah. what we've seen right now is that the world is not ready for Bitcoin, but I think what's happening right now, you know, could be one of, could be a great catalyst uh, that, you know, facilitates that adoption and facilitates mm -hmm. that change. 70,000, like that. was that uh, a subtle prediction of Bitcoin price? I, <laughs> I, I mean, I, I, I certainly am uh, uh, still very bullish on Bitcoin. I'm still very bullish on, you know, cryptocurrency in general. I'm still very bullish on blockchain technology. Um, you know, and we're going through, you know, we're entering kind of the fourth phase or fourth cycle. You know, I've been around and watched sort of phase one, phase two, phase three. You know, this is kind of uh, uh, the fourth cycle, I'd say, um, you know, when we essentially see the, you know, the prices sort of run, at least, you know, this is called the fourth major cycle. And uh, I think that we're, you know, we're getting there. Um, I also think that we're starting to see use cases beyond just, uh, you know, call it Bitcoin as a store of value or digital gold 2.0. Um, you know, we're starting to see decentralized finance. You know, we're starting to see crypto lending. The idea of holding crypto and being able to, to, to receive a yield off of it, to have a fixed income sort of return, I think is a big deal. I think, you know, call it Main Street expects that when you invest in something that there's a dividend, you know, that there's some sort of yield. And I think that decentralized finance is certainly going to, you know, help crypto, you know, go mainstream. Uh, I think that that'll help, um, you know, though not, not, not something that I thought was essential in the sense that, you know, gold doesn't have a yield. But, um, you know, if, if we want to create a new uh, uh, um, store of value, if we want to create a new, you know, sort of financial product that does all of the things we can say, we want to build a better mousetrap. You know, we want our digital gold to be better than, you know, uh, gold. And I think having, you know, decentralized finance and that yield is a, is a big uh, use case that is going to definitely help, I think, the industry and its development. Uh, I mean, we're still looking, you know, blockchain, I don't think we have much, I don't think we have many uh, uh, proof of concepts that really validate the model. You know, Steemit was probably one of the best use cases. Steemit's, you know, uh, and I, I'd say that's a very small example of success. Uh, you know, voice just came out too early to say whether something will, you know, come of that. But we don't really have any sort of, I'd say, examples of decentralization yet. 
uh, uh, that are, are, are proving, you know, that are demonstrating that this is ready for mainstream. I think it's really just things like Bitcoin and, and decentralized finance today that, that are starting to, to, you know, be something that could go big. That's right. I, 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 I think we could talk for difference. hours on some of this stuff here. I know that I know we, we chatted with Tim Draper earlier. I would love to get you and Tim Draper on a chat talking about UBI, or as you said, universal basic sustenance in a way that weaves in conscious capitalism. Because, you know, the thing is about in, in socialist countries, if everybody gets the same thing, it just kills the incentive for people to drive innovation, to make things better, because they're like, all right, this is the way that it is. All right. Well, you know what? It kills innovation. And I think that you got some great ideas about, you know, how UBI could work. I think Tim has some. Well, that's why ideas. I like the word sustenance. You know, income suggests that it's an income. It's a job replacement, right? Sustenance is meeting your basic minimum needs. That is, you know, that's not going to make you happy, right? It, but it will give you the means to survive. And then it's up to you to still have the economic incentive and to the, your pursuit of happiness. UBS, oh. UBS, yeah. UBS for all. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so that's, that's, that's really why I like that other term. You know, I, I think that uh, uh, the problem with, you know, socialist concepts like that, and again, I think capitalism is broken, unbridled, um, it's uh, capitalism, capitalism also yeah. doesn't, yeah. I think all of the systems as they exist today don't work and that hopefully we're on the, the threshold of something new emerging that takes, you know, takes the good of it that, that exists in many of these ideas and, you know, Voltrons them together into, you know, uh, that, that new system that will ultimately allow us to evolve. You know what system does work? Zoom. Because we've been live for four hours tonight, and it is really amazing. You talk about a company that scaled quickly and just blew up. Travis, what were the numbers on? Uh, oh, yeah. So before, at the end of the year in 2019, they were having about 10 million active users per day. And then it was at the end of March, it was 200 million users a day. And then in the middle of April, it was 300 million, like two weeks later, another 100 million concurrent users per day. I know the, it's a, I, I, I almost bought a bunch of Zoom stock when this started. Uh, uh, oops, I, I, I should have bought a bunch of options. <laughs> right, right. Um, well, Brock, we appreciate you uh, waiting patiently to come on and for, uh, for sharing with uh, with everybody tonight where do you prefer for people to go and and visit with you well i'm i'm on all the platforms uh, it's really wherever you whatever platform you are used to using you can find me on twitter at, at brock pierce just my full name one word uh, you can find me on instagram but with my middle initial i didn't start my instagram account early enough it's at brock j pierce i've got a new youtube channel a new podcast called the Brock Pierce experience. You can find, just look up my name, Brock Pierce, two words. You should be able to find that channel on YouTube. Um, you know, I try to use everything uh, and try to be more and more available uh, to connect. I'd love to come back on the show with you guys. Love everything you do. Would love to do that with Tim Draper. Tim and I are our friends. So uh, I, I'm sure that would be wonderful and fun and happy to, uh, to help twist his arm and encourage him to do that. Um, you know, I love everything you guys do. Keep up uh, the Bad Crypto podcast and thank you for bringing the community together. I think it's really important during these times as well. You know, a lot of people are falling into depression. People are, you know, feeling really lonely. Yeah. And anytime that you can create these waterhole, you know, type of moments that bring people together and remind everyone that you're not alone and, uh, and keep people focused on the well, fact. Man, it sounds to me yeah. like you got to come on Wednesday night because we had this VIP thing last night and we, we use these things called room, breakout rooms. And so people were saying that our breakout rooms and our networking last night was more impactful than in real life networking because we would break out in these small rooms of like four to seven, eight people and they would all introduce themselves. And it was, they said, man, I made more connections tonight than I've made at several events. It was awesome. Yeah, Wednesday. Yeah, it's really important stuff right now. And thank you for 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 bringing us all together. Uh, I'm, I'm sure this is the, this might actually change some people's lives. It might save some people's lives. Mm. And, well, and for anybody out there, anybody out there struggling right now, uh, uh, remember you have a choice to a large extent. You know, it's fear or love. And uh, uh, and just remember, if you're feeling down, to pick up the phone, call someone for help. 
uh, you know, there are, you know, there, there are lots of people out here. We're here to support you. And, uh, and remember this too shall pass. Thank you, Mr. Brock. You are welcome on this show at any time. And Mr. Travis Wright, how about a uh, quick shout out to our friends at Moby Pay. Moby Pay. So, you know, money has been around for a long, long time, ever since people needed to exchange value for something. But in the olden days, it was a little difficult. Like maybe you wanted a goat and you had to trade like three chickens for that goat. Or maybe you wanted a cow and you had to trade eight goats for that cow. But now it's really easy because we have mobile payments. We all have these smartphones laying around and Moby Pay is making life easy for everyone with their Moby Pay system. They got the MBX tokens and they have an ecosystem. They're doing really cool stuff. And, uh, you know, there's some there's some really big news and some partnerships that they'll be working on that we'll be talking about in the future. You may want to check it out, mobipay.io. Go over there now, get $10 worth of free MBX tokens before that's gone. We got all these opportunities for you to get free cryptos and you're not taking advantage of What's your problem? Here today, gone tomorrow. Crypto today, gone tomorrow. Definitely take advantage of those while those opportunities are there. So Travis, in the opener, I referenced the Bart Simpson chart do you know what I was talking about there? What about his hair? Yeah, because you know, basically, Bitcoin went from ninety five hundred to like ten thousand three hundred or so on Monday. Um, I think it happened right after the president said we're going to crack down on rioting and looting, which I think uh-huh. is probably a good thing for the economy. And it responded positively, and then and then all of a sudden, in like fifteen minutes, straight back down again. I think that's maybe that's the Batman. It's got the Batman ears. Well, that's if it does it again, but like oh, it's it straight up and then over and then down. That's the Bart Simpson chart. Okay. Very nice. Is that, is that what our friends at Trader Cobb call that? Uh, either Cobb did or Mati, Mati Greenspan. I can't remember which one it was, but it definitely is. I think it's known in the crypto goes up, crypto goes down world. So, you know, we breached that 10 K again. Um, it we, you know so that that was a good sign just for bitcoin in general it's like okay we broke 10k again and we're back down again i'm going to time stamp this right now a lot now. of the other ones went down too i noticed some there's been some yeah. interesting rides going up and down these some of these cryptos that are doing some really big stuff and there's been some that have been popping and uh it's been it's it's a fun time to watch it's almost like is it going to be altcoin season here soon cuz some of them seem to be really moving our fun fo- our friends over at divi They've been going crazy recently. Yeah, it hit uh, three cents and uh, I think a little bit more. You know, when we started talking about them, they were below a half a penny. And uh, while we certainly- Three cents of a penny, if I recall correctly. They've gone, gone, what? That's big time. Up a lot. Well, if it was three tenths of a penny, that's that's 10x. It's gone right to to where it is now. Now it's at $3. That's not true. Because that would be a thousand X. That would be amazing. A thousand X, yeah, yeah. My, I would have to uh, dismantle that master node and, uh, you know, go buy a trip. Go buy like a 10 square foot island of my own or something. Right. Fun time. (laughs) My own little private space in the middle of nowhere, you know, with a tree on it that, you know. Joel's Decentraland in real life. Right. Right. Something like that. Anyway, we'll be talking more about uh, what happens next on Bad News. That comes up Friday night. That'll be episode number 415. And uh, also the Nifty Show will be live on Friday at uh, nifty.show forward slash theta. That's going to take place at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I'm trying to get the uh, the guys from Chain Clash to come on live with us, Travis, because, you know, they set up those avatars, those NFT avatars for us in the fighting game. And I thought, oh, this could be a good opportunity for them to kind of walk us through and show people how the game works and mm-hmm. how you access your goods in the wallet. Yeah. We're also going to talk about a $129,000 token that was minted on the NFTs, which is bizarre so you folks might notice this so we have you know a show today that's going out you're hearing and then we're gonna have another show that's coming out on friday but uh bad crypto is only gonna have two shows per week right now we've switched the cadence up a little bit because we're gonna be spending more time on the nfts instead of just having 
you know, NFT show every time here. Some of the folks, some of the folks, you know, may not care about NFT. So we wanted to create our, its own separate entity so we can talk about all of the fun NFT non-fungible tokens and digital collectibles uh, every week over there. So actually on Fridays, you're going to be getting two shows from us, it sounds like. Uh, yes. All, although the Friday show will then, you know, what we'll do after the live is we turn that into a podcast. So please do go and support the Nifty show as well. You'll find it now. Just got the uh, email this morning that it is now on uh, radio.com as well. So radio, Spotify, um, Stitcher Radio, and iTunes. And if you'll go subscribe there, that helps support. Did you say Spotify? I did say Spotify. Nice. Yeah. We're on all the places again, just like old times. Most of the places that matter. So we appreciate your support. And as we march forward in this blockchain world, even though it's June, we're marching. Can you believe we're almost halfway through this year? I mean, this year can't end soon enough, honestly. 2020 is asshole. It is. And what's what's been wild is like, so remember a couple of years ago, I was we like, I think it was in 2018, I was talking about doing fasting. And I started fasting and then I did a 12.5 day fast. Well, then one of our listeners messaged me, uh, Stephen Applegate, and he's, he was, then he was doing, he decided to take it a step further. He would fast a week and then, then eat a week and then fast a week. But then he was having lots of kombucha. And I was thinking about that. I was like, I don't like fasting for a week because then I just get really hangry, but I can do three days. And so what I'm doing now is a, something that I'm calling the WTF diet Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, I'm fasting. And then those other days, I'm going to eat whatever the fuck I want. So it's like WTF all over the place. So I did that now, last week. Man, I felt so good. Now I got to bleep. Thanks. Thanks. I don't know yeah. if you got to bleep. You gotta bleep. Right. Maybe we'll leave it in. Our friends in India, that's the only reason we bleep. Yeah. Well, it doesn't matter anyway because we're we're not on there. So explicit. <laughs> Anyways. WTF. I'm, I'm fasting again. You know, because I felt great last week doing that. And uh, man, by day three, your brain really has super clarity as you're burning ketones. You know what gave me super clarity is my haircut. I yeah. finally, you did too. We both got our haircut. Um, yes, I got mine yesterday. You got yours today. I lost about, you know, five pounds yeah. off my head. If you go check the Dapper Crypto podcast right now. Yeah. So if you go fancy. check my Instagram, you can see. You can't tell with Travis anyway because he's always got his hat on. So that's true. But I was getting this weird looking mullet thing growing that was out of control, so I had to fix that. <laughs> you don't have to go. You, buy you know, it's like when I'm driving down the road and I can feel my hair on the back blowing in the yeah. wind. I was like, yeah, that's that's a little Joe Dirt ish. I need to fix this. <laughs> well, there you go. Hey, gang, we'd love to hear from you. Write us badcryptopodcast at gmail.com and uh, we'll catch you on the next episode. Until then, please stay bad. Thank you.